Welcome to the Progressaholic Podcast. At Progressaholic, we highlight stories of individuals dedicated to the progress of self and society to educate you on creating impact within yourself and the communities that you operate in. Thank you so much for tuning in. And today we have with us Godwin Chan. Now, Godwin is currently the assistant event manager of Discover Your Personal Brand, a startup that offers personal branding events, development, training, and resources to empower working professionals to kickstart and maintain their personal brand journey. Godwin is also writing his first book titled Digital Introverts, Why Today's Most Successful Individuals Harness Introversion to Thrive which is expected to publish around July 2020. So super excited about that. And in addition, he is the host of the Digital Introverts Podcast, a show where introverts share their success and failures, failure stories and discuss how they thrive in the digital world. So it is my pleasure to honestly um, welcome Godwin to the podcast today. Thank you so much for being here. No worries. Glad to be on the show. For sure, man. So um, let's just give our listeners a little bit more of, of a background um, of yourself, um, sort of leading up to where you are right now. Um, so we spoke a little about like you're currently an assistant event manager at Discovery Personal Brand. You're also writing a book. Um, sort of tell us a little bit more about your journey leading up to right now. Okay. I can, uh, this can go on for hours, but I will <laughs> say that the listeners, you know, your, your sanity. So I'll give you the five minute version or, or whatever. Um, so yeah, it's, um, it's funny, you know, you ask that, you know, a lot of people ask that question, but it's, you know, everyone's journey is so unique and, and so yeah. different, right? And so, it's really hard to kind of dense it, but I will try my best. So back when I was in undergrad in university, um, I actually went to McMaster University um, in Hamilton. Um, I, I, I'm sure your uh, listeners are international, so Canada. <laughs> recording. So um, I've always, you know, up to that point, I've always wanted to be a doctor, right? The medical school was my final goal, always, right? And so um, and, and so I did everything I could to prepare for it, right? I went to a uh you know uh, i did business uh i did biochemistry and business actually that was my degree yeah um and i you know did all the prerequisites so i took the mcat um took all the courses necessary uh did a bajillion extracurriculars right just you know to, to you know be average even average like you know yeah. how, the caliber of some of these individuals who apply right yeah, yeah. and so um you know, you would apply. And then, so I did apply for a couple of application cycles. And so, uh, first time was in my final year, my fourth and final year at McMaster. Second time was when I was doing a one-year master's degree at the University of Montreal. And then we'll get, we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, and so, and so the closest I ever got to actually going into medical school was, uh, the first time around when I was placed on the final waiting list that U of T. Okay. Right. And so this was, you know, final waiting list as in like, oh, you know, I wasn't the first choice, right, of, uh, of the school, but I was still, you know, in the running or in the pool. But then eventually I got let, let off rather quickly, actually, just like a couple of weeks later. Uh, and so, you know, after those couple, you know, a couple of, uh, of times, I, I, you know, I, I came back from Montreal and, um, it came back to where, you know, the greater Toronto area where both of us are, are situated. And yeah. so we, and so I was contemplating my, about my next move. And so I thought about it, did a lot of introspection thinking, 
um, a lot of sleepless nights, but eventually, you know, I decided to walk away right from pursuing medicine further, um, for, for a few reasons, actually. So, you know, one main thing was that, you know, I, I, you know, I know people, you know, people who, I know people who are very adamant on this is my life's calling and they will apply like five, six, seven times. Yeah. Uh, and they'll do, you know, master's degree, a PhD, uh, work in the field for a few years, blah, blah, blah. But they was, you know, you know, they'll still, uh, you know, per- persist. And, and eventually a lot of them do get, the, get it because they've accumulated so much experience. Yeah. Um, but I didn't want to do that. Uh, because, you know, and, and that leads to my second reason that I thought that it was not a particularly great fit for my personality. Okay. And so why I say that is that, uh, you know, for me, I tend to not do very well in high stress environments. So that's one thing. Um, and, you know, second of all, it's just, you know, to me, it would just, just naturally lost interest right, in the profession. Yeah. And so what had happened during the one year I was, you know, in Montreal doing the master's degree, I was actually more interested in attending or attending and organizing networking events. That's where I got the uh, original kind of, you know, inspiration from, yeah. um, than actually doing stuff in the lab, right. Mm-hmm. And working in the lab. And so there's nothing wrong, inherently wrong with, you know, doing bench work, with you know, science, scientific research and things like that. But, you know, I wrote off that career as well, just yeah. because it was not very, you know, I, I don't want to say it's not interesting. I, of course, I, you know, science is still fascinating to me. Uh, and obviously, it's my background. Uh, but just doing science was not that interesting. It was a lot more tedious than I expected. Okay. Because sometimes, a lot of the time, you find nothing. Right? Yeah. And that's the nature of the beast, right? Yeah. But also, um, you know, in, in terms of, you know, science as a profession as a whole, um, compensation is on the lower end, like especially yeah. for you know, students like master's PhD students, um, you barely get a living wage, a minimal wage, right? Yeah. A living wage, right? And so, and so, and even like you know, vast majority of students, you know, PhD students, they they come up with a doctorate, they have their fancy pieces of paper. Yeah. Uh, only one, about one in ten of them, actually get a professorship, right? Wow. And so, like anywhere, right, yeah. in, in the world, and so you know, that's not very good odds. And so a lot of people will transition into industry, like they go into pharma companies, uh, whatever. And then if you just don't know what to do, because then now, now that, you know, it's just a very hyper competitive environment. And so yeah. I didn't want to do that either. Right. And so I wanted to take things more into my own hands. And so, you know, uh, disregarded that as well. And, uh, and, and so to be very honest, like, with, you know, I came back and was doing a lot of soul searching, right? That, that was essentially it. And so what, you know, kind of careers I wanted to go into, um, I was still doing it, you know, these, uh, kind of, and that's where I got started, you know, with, uh, discover your personal brand, actually DYPB, yeah. uh, helping to do the, uh, the LinkedIn, you know, LinkedIn networking meetups and, and things like that. I was already doing them in Montreal actually. And, yeah. but, you know, I transitioned over to DYPB to do them. And now, of course, I'm the assistant event manager. And so, you know, as of the time of this recording, we actually did uh, our, you know, most recent event last night. That's awesome. <laughs> and, and, and so, yeah, you know, we sold out. It was great. Um, lovely experience. Lovely event planning. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, within, you know, the, the couple, you know, the one, one and a half years um, between like now and, you know, when I just came back from a master's degree, um, 
no, I was trying everything in the book. I was, that was my period of like extreme, uh, uh, experimentation. Yeah. In the sense like, it's similar to like experimenting in the lab, but with my life <laughs> in, a sense, in a sense of like, what can I do to generate an income? Yeah. Right. And so, uh, and I remember at the time I was really, really, I was really into the whole startup thing. <laughs> okay. right? And it's like the whole, you know, you know, Silicon Valley unicorn, like all, all the, you know, venture capital, all this type of stuff. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, I, it, 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 you know, and I was trying a whole bunch. You know, I mean, I'm always naturally, you know, ha- you know, had the um, this kind of entrepreneurial bug in the sense that I wanted to try new, you know, new things. I had, you know, I was working on blogs in high school. I was, yeah. um, you know, I've been was a Polish poet and back in undergrad, you know, I was, I was always like experimenting with new things on the side, yeah. all, all constantly. Yeah. So I was, you know, natural extension. Like, oh, you know, let's try building a startup. You yeah. know, uh, just, just. I mean, half for fun, but half like, let's see if we can actually make this into a real thing. Right. Yeah. And so I've tried, you know, a few different things. Like, you know, I remember uh, trying to start a jam company, uh, <laughs> making like, jams. Like, it was good. Like, you know, I learned how to make jams online and, and, and people like, I, I, obviously I did the beta test, beta testing and, and had people try it. People liked it. Right. Um, and I was making like weird jams too. I was like making a like, Kiwi jam. I was making like, Lychee chip, like, like not not your standard like raspberry or strawberry yeah. or whatever, right? It's it's great, yeah. but at the end of the day, it was that didn't really work. I mean, I made one sale, <laughs> and so it didn't work out because I mean, one, it's really it's really uh, physically intensive, yeah. right? So I was doing it all by myself essentially, right? But second, the bigger problem is that uh, I didn't have a business model, right? Yeah. And it's that how was I going to differentiate myself from Smuckers, for example, yeah. or even even your local farmers market vendor, yeah. <laughs> right? Who actually has a farm with real fresh fruit, exactly. who are just making jams on the side. Yeah. And so for me, it was like, okay, you know, it's time to wrap it up. It was a good, you know, nice, um, you know, project, and and you know, I spent a bit on it, but yeah, like, for equipment, but you know, it was lesson learned, right? Yeah. Uh, and so the other kind of thing that I, you know, one another thing that I remember was uh, starting a more more software related uh, venture. It was called uh, Motif Insights, and so essentially it was like for uh, you know user experience and user interaction, yeah, um, kind of things like UI UX essentially, yeah. right? And uh, you know research and, and things like that. We were going to help people. We were very ambitious. We were going to help people uh, yeah. do beta testing, like for we're help startups do beta testing. Yeah. But the only problem is like. You know, obviously, I had a co-founder. She does. She she does. Uh, yeah, she's a designer, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was like, okay, we don't have anyone who can code on the team. That was one. That was one oh, big mistake, yeah. or, or one error, or not. I don't want to say mistake or error. It was just one thing that was disadvantageous to us. Yeah. Second of all, we didn't really know. We were weren't really. It wasn't very clear to us how we were going to approach this. And, and again, problem is differentiation. How are we going to be different from, you know, we, we did research on the industry. Like there are so many SaaS companies, so many software as a service companies yeah. out there, like doing like very similar things about, you know, user testing, user research, this kind of thing. How are we going to be different? And, you know, are we just going to be a discount version of one of them using no code tools, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? As an ex- as an example, right? And, and obviously, no one. We had some interest. I mean, we we even did, 
you know, startup school with yeah. Y Combinator, right? For, for goodness sakes, right? But <laughs> again, it was it was more so to learn, right? And yeah. then, uh, you know, uh, you know how to start a startup and, and things like that. But yeah. that didn't really work out, and so that wasn't getting any traction. So it was like, okay, time to move on again, right? Yeah. And so now my third iteration is uh, going more the the individual route route with the with the book and the podcast and things like that. So I'm doubling down on content right uh-huh. uh, um, this year in 2020. Yeah. And so I've always found like to me, I, you know, I've always enjoyed writing and I thought that, you know, writing is a rather strong suit of mine. And so yeah. I, I, you know, I did, I, I made a couple of blogs in high school and it was, you know, right. Continu- yeah, continuously writing in them. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of stopped during undergrad and university yeah. And then I picked it up, up back then when I got active on LinkedIn. And so I published a few LinkedIn articles and then I moved on to medium, you know, the, the blogging website. Yeah, of course. Um, and you know, that's where I experimented with actually being a medium partner, you know, see if I can generate some income from, uh, from articles. I, which I did, I, I have been, uh, experimenting with some, but I mean, you know, $7 a month isn't going to cut it. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it was more, again, it was another experiment. And so, you know, eventually I'm planning to have my own website where I can, you know, blog freely and then, you know, control yeah. uh, how, how, how everything goes because medium is more, it, it's like a social network too yeah. for, for writing. And so you don't, you don't necessarily actually own your content. Yeah. Right. Exactly. right? And so, you know, and, and this kind of, con- you know, and I've always, you know, really wanted to write a book anyways. That was one of my goals, right, for a very long time. And of course, people say that. People always say, oh, I'm going to write a book. But not a lot of people actually commit and finish yeah. a book. And, yeah. you know, I think, like, some to the order of, like, only, like, 2% of all people who say that they're going to write a book actually write a book yeah. and, and publish it, right, and get it out to the world. And, and so, you know, for me, and why you know, introversion or why digital introversion or why digital introverts. Um, for me, uh, it was partially, I wanted to tell my own story of how yeah. I overcame shyness and social anxiety and things like that. Um, but I'm still an introvert. I still self identify, you know, yeah. as an introvert, like even, you know, for example, last, last night after the, um, networking event, I was drained, right. I used up my social energies, essentially. Yeah. I know I just wanted to, go home, chill by myself and, and not talk to anyone. Right? And yeah, recharge, right? Introverts are like phones, right? We need to recharge sometimes. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and so, and par- also partially I wanted to uh, share the stories of others because I know a lot of other, you know, individuals are also introverts and, and have, you know, incredible, very fascinating, um, you know, life stories and, and, you know, stories of triumph and of uh, not so triumphant moments also. Yeah. And so, really want to highlight their stories as well, even if they're maybe more, you know, kind of hesitant to share that by themselves on, yeah. you know, especially online and in the noisy world of social media, right, and things like that. And so, uh, that's the book and podcast is kind of the sim- similar reason because I realized that I was interviewing a lot of people for the book. Yeah. What I realized was that a lot of these, you know, interviews, a lot of what we were talking about can be, you know, recorded as a podcast, actually. Like, okay. we're, exactly what we're doing right now. We're just having yeah. a conversation, right, yeah. about, um, about you know, introversion and digital in the digital age and things like that. And, yeah. Um, yeah, and that's where the idea of a podcast come, 
came in from. And then, you know, I'm planning to launch a YouTube channel later on as well, you know, uh, experimenting with video, uh, seeing how that works, because I've been looking at, you know, and video, obviously, we're, we're moving into more visual, uh, visually stimulating content anyways. Right, it, 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 you know, in in, con- in the content marketing game, right, and that's why you see, you know, stories are as, are as popular as ever. Yeah, um, you know, short videos like TikTok, right, are popular. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, even LinkedIn video, yeah, higher engagement and impression rate, right, crazy engagement, right, and so we are trending more towards that, right. And that's not to say that text is not important. Obviously, it is, right. It's, yeah. it's still very important. It's just uh, we're being pushed more towards. At least, or at least the algorithms are pushing more yeah. towards you know the visual stuff, and so uh, you know I wanted to you know be adaptable in that way, and so yeah. obviously you know for for an introvert like you know even for me like filming a video is actually you know is not the mm-hmm. you know best thing, yeah, ever because it's literally putting yourself out there, right? yeah, yeah, uh, you you know the um, you know the beauty and the ugliness of it all, right? <laughs> and, and and so. Uh, and even like, but what the, but the thing is that a lot of the most successful YouTubers out there actually are introverts and they will freely admit that. Right. And they'll tell you straight up. And, and and of course it's a lot easier actually just talking to a camera than actually talking to a real person Yeah, because you can control the flow of information. That's one thing because you don't have another, you know, live creature telling you stuff. And then you have to respond in real time. You can, yeah. you know, you can record, you can re-record, you can edit to your heart's content. Yeah, right? you can have the perfect content, right? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and, and so, and so that's not to say like even like you know live streams, for example, that's a whole different game as well. Yeah, that's you know you're still doing that, you're still filming yourself with the camera, but you're also interacting with people in real time. So that will you know add a, a, a cinch right to to the complexity. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, like, you know, I found that, you know, I've done a lot of digging into, you know, YouTube and, and monetization, like the ad, ad revenue is, um, can be quite significant if, if people play their cards right. And so yeah. Yeah, I wanted to try to experiment with that as an additional, you know, income stream. Right. And so, um, yeah, there's, you know, I'm like, you know, and, and plus a newsletter that I'm look, looking to release like email newsletter, things like yeah. that. So I'm doubling again, like I said, I'm doubling on content yeah. uh, this year and see how it goes. I think it will, it, I have a hunch it might be more successful or it might generate more income than my entrepreneurial startup adventures yeah. ever have. So yeah. you see. <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. But thank you so much again for like sharing that whole journey. Cause I think we can definitely unpack different, different parts of that and sort of go in more detail. Cause you've had an incredible journey personally. That's what I feel. Uh, I want to speak. So let's, I want to speak more on the introversion and social anxiety part. I think that could bring a lot of value to our audience. Let's just sort of rewind back to, let's just say high school. I remember one of your medium articles um, that I was reading, um, you spoke about your valedictorian speech and that was beautiful. I thought that that article was beautiful and there were some incredible lessons that someone could take out of that. So let's just let our audience sort of know a little bit about that and then sort of what prompted you to even take the initiative to go ahead and give that speech. Yes, of course. So, um, so side note: before when I was, you know, during high school, I was already much better. So, in elementary and middle school, I was really, really bad with um, shyness and social anxiety and things like yeah. that. You know, presentations are terrible. I never wanted to do a presentation. 
Um, and even if I did, you know, it was just not bad. Because you think of all the fight or flight symptoms, like you just want to, you know, your heart rate goes up, you're, you're hot and, and sweaty, your palms are, you know, look like, you know, you've just come out of a rainstorm, right? Things like that. Yeah. It's not fun, right? And, and so the last thing you want to do is just to, you know, get up there and speak to people. Yeah. Of course, like there's all the the common thinking right is that you know people are actually more afraid of public speaking than death itself right <sighs> that tells you something oh, <laughs> like, boy. people just, they'd rather die than actually give a speech right and so um but in any case right even when i was younger doing presentations was terrible like teachers would try everything in the book so some more interesting aspects were like you know, they'll be like, okay, class, everyone turn around. <laughs> so yeah. I would just be speaking to the back of everyone's head. So I don't have to make eye contact. Yeah. Essentially. yeah. Um, but the thing is like, I could tell them that, I mean, they're still listening, right? They're still yeah. there. So it still, it didn't really help. And so more extreme example would be, okay, you know, ev- okay, everyone, everyone just leave the room. <laughs> and I would just be speaking to an empty classroom. <laughs> but the problem is, right. People are still outside. I know they can still hear me. And so it was it wasn't the problem wasn't that people were present it was just the the problem was that you know people were listening to what i had to say and then yeah. like that particularly yeah right and so you know and and kind of the fear of judgment was very much uh, an active force right in my younger years it was like you know what if people think i was weird or you know and, and you know and even even a little bit, I mean, into high school, I mean, it, it got a lot better. Yeah. Of that. And, and obviously, you know, you know, thank goodness there were no Instagram stories back then. Okay. Like, <laughs> I didn't want to clown me, right. Uh, to do yeah. that. Um, and, and so, uh, but in any case, right. High school was a lot better. And then in, you know, grade 12, um, I, yeah, you know, one day I was minding my own business. So I was just, you know, walking down the hallway um, this was in June, right, or okay. May, May, late May, June, early June, or something, and and so I noticed for Pascal Valedictorian, I yeah. knew, you know, I, knew, I had an idea what it was. It was like, you, you know, you were that guy or gal with the, with you know, you're still wearing that gigantic gown and the graduation hat, and yeah. you're giving a speech in front of everyone in the graduating yeah. class, right? And, and, and so I was like, ooh, I guess now it's you know a good time to just say whatever you know screw it i'm just gonna do it yeah <laughs> right and, and go with the bang per se right and, you know and you know even if i if i you know produce the worst ever valedictorian performance speech of all time i'm not gonna talk to like two-thirds of these people ever again yeah. or see them again yeah. so it's fine you know we're all going to different um different paths like some to university college or you know working and, uh, and it's like whatever right um, and, and, and so, and so I just, you know, saw the notice. I was like, you know what, this is the time for me to challenge myself. It's, you know, and it's a really, you know, low barrier to entry. Like there's, you know, I don't have to pay for this. It's like, it's, 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 quick yeah. and finish. let's just try it. It's like, you know, it's like just buying a lottery ticket on a whim or, uh, applying to a scholarship or, or yeah. a school program on a whim, like just for, just for fun. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I did it. Um, and so the way that the valedictorian process at my high school is different than, say, the vast majority of high schools was that 
it was an elected position because for most schools, it's whoever has the highest grades, right? Yeah. Or whoever did the most, right? Would be the valedictorian or chosen yeah. you know, by the by staff, right? But for us, it was a, a election process, which I thought was more democratic in a sense, which is interesting. It was a very interesting exercise and a mini exercise in democracy. But in any case, um, we had like about five, six candidates or something like that, right? And 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 so. What was interesting was that they, <laughs> I, I remember they were going by, I forgot it was either first name or last name, alphabetical order. Okay. So of course, I, you know, me, my initials being GC, I was bound to be near the beginning. Right? And yeah. so I was either the first or second one. Um, and so, um, and so, you know, I got up, I, you know, obviously, you know, it was my first time really speaking in front of so many different people. Yeah. And so it was over like 200 people, right? In front of the graduating class, all the teachers and, and, yeah. and other staff members. And so, you know, being my first time, right, of course, I wrote out my entire speech. And so I, I carried it up. Um, and, and so I just did it. I, you know, I presented it as best I, as I could. And, and then it was over, you know, it was like everyone just clapped and then I sat down. Yeah. But, you know, it was an ordinary audition for most people. But for me, it was a huge accomplishment because that was when I completely uh, conquered my fear of public speaking. Yeah. And, and to me, that was a huge win in my life. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, even for, um, you know, even for other introverts, like, you know, for, for some people, it's like, you know, just going out of their way to attend their first networking event is already a win, a huge step, right. For them, in, 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 you know, in and of itself or, you know, I'm going to talk to one stranger today, yeah. right? A huge win. And so, you know, always, you know, celebrate your, your accomplishments, your triumphs, your, your, even if you think it's a very small, minor thing, um, you know, try it out. Uh, you, you know, try to conquer it. Um, and, and for me, public speaking was just after years and years of exposure therapy. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> right. Of being essentially forced to do it during school. Yeah. And, and, and so, um, you know, of course, you know, I guess I thank the school system for that, but <laughs> it helps. Everything helps a little bit helps. So, yeah. Yeah. That, that, was, that was amazing. That you said that you completely sort of conquered your fear of public speaking. Like, would you say you've completely conquered it or do you feel like you still have that? Um, like, cause you spoke about that. You still sort of have that, um, not a fear, but like at least like that gut wrenching feeling when you got to maybe give a speech like right now as well. I mean, Nervousness hits hits everyone, right? Yeah. Hits everyone differently. Um, I, I wouldn't say no one is completely, you know, is completely free of ner- yeah. of nerves before giving a big speech. Um, and and so the name of the game is managing managing your physiological symptoms, right? Yeah. Your fight or flight symptoms, right? You you know, um, you know, obviously I still you know my face still still flushes, um, you know, temp- you know, core temperature increases. Yeah, you know, palms are sweaty, you know, whatever, right? They they all still appear. It's just my body's natural reaction, right? Yeah. And so it's about how you best manage that. And, and yeah. for me, like, you know, deep breathing helps for me specifically, okay. right? And, and in terms of, you know, it's like, it's like almost you're forcing yourself to meditate before you go, you, you go up and give a speech, right? In a sense of just combating your, your fight or flight kind of symptoms. Yeah. Um, and, you know, one, you know, the hardest part for me is always 
the moment right before I go up and to to give a speech. But once you once I get started, it's relatively smooth sailing yeah. because I know what to what to talk about and 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 it's just it flows naturally, right? And and my favorite tactic to use to you know combat nerves actually you know aside from the uh, forced meditation <laughs> is uh, humor. I, I always I always make it a point to include humor in my yeah. presentations. Yeah, yeah. it makes it more interesting for the audience too. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So that, I wonder maybe just sort of look at that deep breathing part. Do you have like a specific, like specific breath work that you do, or is it just like just no, like in just inhale, exhale as normally as I could. Yeah. Okay, okay, perfect, perfect. I you know, I I used to do that before big tests too, and exams. Too, yeah, just, yeah. Like before, the moment before the proctors, like. Okay, everyone, turn over the paper, whatever. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, because you literally can't do anything, right? Yeah. Just, everyone's just sitting there, just like, you know, not talking. And, and yeah. what else are you supposed to do? Right? Yeah. yeah. Right? So I just took that time to just call myself. Yeah. Definitely. And from there, sort of, I want to segue into um, sort of the idea that what do you think personally? I'm pretty interested in knowing this, that what do you think personally is one of the biggest misconceptions that people have about introverts? <laughs> this is an excellent question because, um, I mean, a lot of people have said a lot of things about, about this, right? And yeah. so, um, right. And, and again, right, there are a few different concepts that a lot of people are think that they are interchangeable, but they're actually not. So introversion is not the same as shyness, nor is it the same as social anxiety, okay. nor is it the same as high sensitivity or highly sensitive individuals. So all these terms are different. They're all mutually exclusive. Okay. They all kind of, they, they, uh, they frequently appear together because people will have, you know, multiple, you know, will exhibit multiple of, you know, multiple of these traits, right? Yeah. They tend to come together, but they're not always linked together. Okay. Right? And so you can, you know, for example, I am an introvert who's not shy, but you can even have, for example, an extrovert who is shy. Yeah. Right? Who just, you know, sometimes it's new social situations there. They need some time to, you know, get used to it, to warm up. Right. Yeah. But after that, they're in, you know, the, the chatterbox of the evening, right? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, some people are, and of course, you know, introverts can be both introverted and shy, right? Like I, I was when I was younger. And so you can, it's like, it's like a mix and matching game, right? And some people even are introverts, but are also highly sensitive. So, you know, high sensitive, high sensitivity, meaning in the sense of, you know, they're hyper aware of their surroundings, yeah. of what, you know, other conversations are happening in the room of, um, you know, of people's emotions and feelings, yeah. uh, of loud noises, things like that. There's, their their senses are hyperactivated. I am the complete opposite. Like I was, I was chatting about this with with another on another podcast with another podcaster, and uh, you, you know, she's a highly sensitive individual and an introvert as well. And yeah. for me, I'm not uh, exactly highly sensitive. And okay. so I was telling the story of, so back when I, when I was in first year of university, um, I was living in a dorm room with a, with, with a roommate. Yeah. Right? And so, and, and so he's an engineer and so basically he doesn't sleep. <laughs> and so what happens is like, you know, he used to like to uh, play music to get him to go to sleep or he's gaming at four in the morning or whatever. Right. And yeah. so because our room was just, it's like a studio apartment. It was just like open, like, you know, whatever, right. There's no like 
rooms for whatever right and so and so like <laughs> my my sense is dull to the point that you know i can sleep when there's lights on i can sleep when there's loud music on i can sleep yeah. through a tornado <laughs> or not a disaster right and so um and so in that case like you know i'm not a very highly sensitive individual but yeah. you know for for uh you know for her it was you know the opposite like you know she can't really go to loud concerts for example because that's too much stimulation yeah for her for example right and so you know vastly prefers like the library or or a coffee shop or whatever yeah. right and so um there are all these differences um that uh, it, it, you know and and so that those are kind of the main i guess misconceptions you know in terms of just the definition okay. right, of of introverts and so it, it, you know from research there are you know there's definition for you know introverts and extroverts in the sense of reward sensitivity so for example extroverts are are always seeking for kind of external rewards in the environment in terms of oh you, you know there is a group of friends you know talking or you know i like to be a part of that i'd like to be socially included and so yeah. and so i'm being rewarded for that behavior for introverts you know they're not as kind of extrinsically motivated to to chase rewards yeah oh so they're more you know kind of you know um more attuned to their internet environment and so they're less reward sensitive right and so that's what we found recently from um from the scientific literature uh, yeah. and so the other you know kind of more common um you know definition that a lot of people have been saying is that introversion is much is very much an energy management issue okay. right so um you know introverts get a lot of their energy from being by themselves right and, and by recharging extroverts on the other hand uh get re, you know get you know uh recharged refreshed and and in their element when they're around others yeah right so yeah yeah that, that's awesome uh, but i just wanted to thank you so much for breaking that down by the way that actually helped a lot um i learned personally a lot from that answer myself and we could you say that can you be both introverted and extroverted like can you because like i don't know like i've heard these i don't know if like if you agree or not um this is something that i've heard with that like some people identify themselves as introverted extroverts or extroverted introverts i'd i'd yeah i don't have a lot of knowledge about that so we'd love to hear what you think about that yes so again this is the issue with too many labels (laughs) yeah right yeah um obviously people are free to identify themselves however they want. Yeah. Um, and so I think that, you know, introverted extroverts or extroverted introverts just simply means that, you know, if you consider introversion and extroversion on a spectrum, yeah. And that's and basically, are you, you know, are you leaning more towards introversion or extroversion? Because there's, I don't think anyone is really a hundred percent introverted or a hundred percent extroverted. Even, you know, Carl Jung, the psychologist who originally coined, you know, the terms introversion and extroversion, you know, said that if you're a hundred percent either one, you're, you should be in a mental asylum. Right? <laughs> really what he said, yeah. right. Over a hundred years ago. And so, um, and so I think that, you know, if you're an introverted extrovert, you're, you know, not on the kind of more extreme end of extroversion. You're just more, you know, in, you know, closer to the middle perhaps. And same thing for extroverted introverts. You're more 
outgoing than your average introvert, but you're still, you know, self-identified introvert. And people, you know, who are in the middle identify as ambiverts. And so that, you know, ambivert as like the red in the middle. They have the best of both worlds in a sense. Okay. That's awesome. Ambivert. I think that's something that knew that because I was looking confused as to what, what do I classify myself as? I, <laughs> did you, uh, did you ever do the Myers-Briggs test? Uh, no, I haven't done it. No. Okay. Okay. I would definitely, um, think about doing that. What was it? The Mars? Uh, Myers-Briggs test. Myers-Briggs. So Myers, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the, it's, it's, it's the most popular one, uh, yeah. that people use, but, uh, sometimes it's, uh, it's interesting because obviously it's a, it's a test and every test has its limitations. And yeah. so for me, I, I did it recently and then I was, um, typed as an ESTJ. So okay. E as an extroversion. And I was like, and, I, and that came out of nowhere for me. I was like, I thought I was always introverted. Right. But <laughs> yeah. the, but the issue is that, uh, it, it, you know, it really is also a function of your environment and how you've interacted with your environment. And so, especially during the last couple of years when I got very active on social, right. Uh-huh. On social media. Uh, I guess I tend to, you know, have a tendency of, ex- you know, ha- exhibiting more extrovert behaviors, something yeah. like that, right? And so um, I guess that's why, but I mean, deep down, I still think, you know, I treasure my alone time. Kind of <laughs> um, so like, um, sort of, so the flip side of the biggest misconception is you can say the biggest strength or advantage. So what would you say is probably the biggest strength or advantage of sort of being an introvert? Mm-hmm. Um, definitely the art of introspection and, and I've hinted or alluded to that earlier, right. In, in, mm-hmm. You know, in terms of, we are very deep thinkers, you know, in the sense that if, you know, given a piece of information, let's say, you, you, you know, climate change isn't real, for example. Yeah. Right. And so we wouldn't necessarily take that at face value. It's like, mm-hmm. Oh, you know, climate change isn't real, but, you know, you know, first of all, is that even a valid question? Yeah. Right? That was the, you know, the premise of the question, is that even a valid question? Second, what does the research say? What do other people say? Um, you, you know, why would you ask such a question? Yeah. Uh, you know, what influences your life led you to ask this question? Yeah. And, you know, things like that. And, and so we go, you know, much, we analyze much deeper than, than the average person, than, you know, on certain things. And, and we tend to, um, you know, think about a lot of uh, things or run through scenarios or, or decision trees inside of our head. Yeah. Um, you know, and things like that. And then, and then sometimes we, you know, can think about things. And, and obviously one main example is, uh, you know, my introspection with regarding my career path. And yeah. Things like that a long time. Whereas for some other people, it's like, oh, you know, this didn't work. Let's let's just turn around and, and pick something else on, yeah. on, you know, on the list of careers or whatever. But I, you know, for me, it was more important to, you know, slow down and to see what my natural strengths are because there's, there's two main things, right. In terms of considering a career, like on a basic level, one is whether you're good at it, good at what yeah. you're doing. Second is if you enjoy it. Now, yeah. obviously the ideal career is if you have both. Yeah. Right. Um, and, but, you know, it, you know, even if you just have one out of the, out of the two, you'll still have a hard, harder time, right? Yeah. Just because if you're, if you're, you enjoy it, but you're not good at it, you will get frustrated sometimes. Yeah. Right? But, you know, I'm, you know I'm, for example, like for, like for me, I, I tried, you know, some introductory Python to go into a coding bootcamp. 
right? And, and just as another experiment, like I like I said right earlier, and that you know, even you know, I was okay at it, but at the end of the day, it was like for me to transition into a new career, mm-hmm. I had to start from the bottom, literally again, right? And and even if I managed to catch up and be a junior web developer yeah. or something. I just would be, you know, either average or below average. I would be, you know, either like above average or even like very good. Yeah. Right. You know, to, and that's what I, you know, want to be, right. I want to be, you know, one of the very best at what I do. Yeah. Uh, You know, the excellent, excellence principle essentially. Um, On the flip side, if, you know, you are very good at something, but you hate doing it, you still won't have a fun time. Yeah. You know, for me, like I am fantastic at doing administrative tasks, yeah. at, at you know, organizing files and folders, um, doing math on Excel spreadsheets. Uh, you know, if you get me to you know, or, you know, organize a database, I can do that. Yeah, but to me, that is not intellectually stimulating mm-hmm. enough, right? For me, you know, that's uh, just not interesting. Yeah, and so you know, I wouldn't necessarily go into that you know, or, or become a secretary or, or, or a VA or a virtual assistant or things like that. Right. That's just not fun to me. Yeah. And then if you have neither, then why are you even considering it? That's yeah. a true choice. Right. And so, um, and, and so, but the inherent danger also of, uh, deep introspection is that you can very easily live inside your own head. Yeah. And that is a very dangerous place to be because, yeah. um, then you, you know, you lack, you know, start losing, um, a lot of you know, social interaction in terms of like actually talking to people, you, you yeah. know, of course we're social creatures after all. Right. And so yeah. when, when you live inside your own head for too long, then uh, a lot of confirmation bias occurs a lot of, um, you know, a lot of like, Oh, I think this is going to be the one and only correct way of doing something. Where you know, if you bounce ideas off of other people, then you know, diverse perspectives begets diverse thoughts, exactly. right? Exactly. Um, and, and and lastly, like you can like you can go through some really interesting rabbit holes. Like for yeah. me, like I, you know, you know, one one aspect of, of life I'm very fascinated with is that you know, for me, like you know, I am I am disappointed. I'm going to miss interstellar space travel. Okay. I'm going to be long gone before that. <laughs> right. And so I, you know, I think I'm weird because I'm the only one who thinks about this, but in actuality, like I talked to some other introverts, you know, they're interested in the same thing. And so we have something to talk about. Right. Yeah. right? And so it's uh, it's a very weird place to be, but it's yeah. Uh, it, 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 yeah. Everything in moderation helps. Yeah. A hundred percent. And sort of, I want to dive a little more deeper into the um, technology aspect of the digital aspect and sort of how that helps introverts, because I know that's where a lot of your research has sort of gone into. So how do you personally think um, technology sort of like allows introverts to be sort of empowered um, to have a voice? Yes, for sure. Uh, And so technology, especially the advent of the, worldwide, you know, internet basically, right. Yeah. And, 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 and all our, you know, personal, you know, personal computers, our, our smartphones, things like yeah. that, um, really lowers the barrier of entry for communication because before that, what, you know, what were the only ways to, uh, communicate was either you speak to them directly, yeah. you know, face to face, or you pick up the phone and you listen to their voice. Um, that was about it <laughs> for a very long time. Yeah. 
right? Or, you know, or it was asynchronous communication in the sense of, oh, you know, you receive a telegraph or, uh, you know, someone speaking to you on the telly or the TV. That's asynchronous. That's one way, right? A lot of the time, Uh, you know, especially with the, you know, advent of all these digital technologies. Now there are multiple ways to communicate. Right, we have texting now. We, you know, text-based communication. We have, and that's what a lot of our, uh, you know, messaging apps are based on. Right, just yeah. text. Literally, I mean, yes, you can have rich, richer communication mediums and modes with, you know, emojis and and gifs and yeah. you know all those different. Well, at the end of the day, it's still text-based. Yeah. Right, uh, that's the fundamental thing. We can have video conferencing, like we're doing right now for the podcast. Yes. We can uh, we can still offer phone calls, but we can. You know, we don't have to, you know, call from a phone. We can, well, I mean, yes, you do, but essentially, but you can use different apps where you can yeah, use of course. WhatsApp, whatever, right? Yeah. Even you, you, you can even do calls through Slack, all places. Yeah, really? Right? Yeah, yeah, you can do conference calls through Slack. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. There you go. Um, so, right, and, and so you have that luxury now. Um, you know, uh, and then obviously there's also a plethora of one-way communication as well. We have, you know, we can go on a website and read, we can watch a YouTube video, we can listen to a podcast, we can, you know, there's so many different ways of consuming and to create content these days. Right. Also. And so, uh, I'd argue it's a, it's an advantage for, it's very advantageous for introverts. Yeah, right? because they have so many different options. Or even good old email, right? Yeah. Obviously, it's slower, but it's just like it's still text-based communication, right? Yeah. And so, you know, and, and it puts a lot of the social pressure off for for introverts as well because they can uh, essentially control when and how they communicate. Because wow. if if you're thinking of if you're you know talking in person or you're talking over the phone, like you, you know you can't you can't necessarily just ignore what someone just said yeah, yeah. that's pretty rude right? yeah. uh but you know you can technically do that or get away with that yeah. through, you know by email or by text or or, or whatever yeah because it's you, you know it's asynchronous it's not happening in real time yeah. you know per se right and so you know you you have the luxury of time you know, quote unquote luxury, because obviously you need to get to back to someone in uh, a reasonable amount of time, not like two months after, right? But, uh, you know, you have that sort of some time to compose a thoughtful email or yeah. or a, mess, a text message or, or or things like that, right? Or even like now people do leave voice messages, like yeah. even like for, like, you know, for me, like a lot of apps have that, but I think the app that um, does that, very well is WeChat actually, yeah. right? and so you can leave voice messages all the time. And that's what they're um, that's what they're built off of, and so yeah, it, it, you know it's just it, it's a lot better. There's a lot more ways ways to interact, communicate, but uh, besides that, there's it, nothing beats in person. At the end of the day, nothing you know nothing beats having a face to face, especially if you need to get things done, right, or hack things out. Like even a phone call is much better because you can just, you, you know, we're just talking and you can get, yeah. get stuff done, right? Instead yeah. of just, you know, waiting for, you know, you know, Joe's, Joe to get back to me after he wakes up, you know, at 6 a.m. in Australia, right? So, <laughs> um, right. And, and so, 
um, you know, and, and even for networking, like, you know, nothing, you know, LinkedIn is a great help, obviously, to connect with people all over the world, but nothing beats in-person networking events. And, you know, I, I you know, I very much enjoy that. So. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, Segwaying of that, I really, really wanted to sort of bring this up you know, before we end, because I thought that this would be something that would bring insane value. Um, so I read one of your other Medium articles and it was how to cultivate your connections, a six-step framework. Thought that personally got some insane value from that. And I think our listeners can get some insane value from that. So we'd love if you could sort of break it down a little bit and sort of discuss it a little bit more and elaborate on it for our listeners. Sure. So uh, obviously I... I I did this, um, you know, medium article called, you know, I, I created a framework essentially yeah. for, yeah. uh, what I thought were the, you know, six, uh, levels of connection essentially that you can get from you know, interacting with people and brands. Actually, if you read the whole article, I, <laughs> there'll, there'll be, uh, some interesting tidbits in there. So, uh, essentially in a nutshell, you know, level one is if you follow each other on social media, right. Or if you like, you know, someone's, you know, post or article or whatever, just one off, right? Whatever. And so, <laughs> so obviously a funny example is, um, you, you know, I got, I got the Slack Twitter account to follow me <laughs> because yeah. I literally just asked, it was just, it was just, you know, random tweet in the middle of nowhere. It's just yeah. like, Hey, you know, you know, because what I noticed was that Slack was following in, following in an unusually high um, yeah. uh, accounts. Yeah. Right? And so I was like, maybe I can get them to follow me as well. Yeah. And so, you know, tweeted out, Hey, so, you know, Slack, do you want to follow me? And they're like, sure. <laughs> so I got the follow. Right. And so what's interesting, I didn't, I didn't put this in the article, but it's uh, uh, that DoorDash actually follows me too. Oh <laughs> yeah. I, don't know. I was looking through my followers one day. I was like, you know, I forgot that DoorDash was following <laughs> this man's so, popular right here. My <laughs> God. No, I mean like, but brands like some very, you know, some, you know, brands are very, you know, have, you know, excellent social media marketers yeah. who will, you know, leverage that right to a T. And so, um, you know, so that's, that's one thing. Second is, you know, second level is if you have, you know, if you exchange DMs before direct messages, yeah. right. Uh, third level is. I th- yeah, third level is if you had a phone call once, okay. right? You just had you know either you know an actual phone call or video conferencing or or you know Zoom chat or whatever. Yeah, uh, then you actually you know hear their voice, right? Yeah. So you have kind of more coded information about um, you know how they how they speak and their nonverbal communication. That's yeah. what you can tell about you know especially tone. Like, yeah. uh, you know, I can say this when I'm really happy or I'm really sad, right? And yeah. So, yeah, uh, you know you can tell that it's much richer. Uh, fourth is if you met in one person once, okay, right. And so I try to do that as much as possible, especially if they're in the right Greater Toronto area where I'm based, right. Yeah. And, or another popular thing that people do is when they're traveling, they will you know call out or social media, hey, I am in Austin, Texas today or this yeah. week. Yeah. You know, for South by Southwest, right? And so and that's what people are doing, right? In preparation for South by Southwest this March, right? And so they they would do that, and they would you know, you know, um, you know, see uh, if anyone's willing to meet up, right, uh, yeah. through social media in, in different cities and, and things like that. You know, I try to do that as much as possible, and then one of the side benefits of that, you know, actually, um, you know, making connections and friends from all over the world is that 
you can just crash out there, but you don't have to pay for an Airbnb or a hotel. 100%. Right? So that, the, that's a, that's, that's a life hack <laughs> for anyone listening. Um, you can save so much money that way. Anyways, um, fifth, fifth level is if you've had multiple interactions. So that's like, you know, DYPV team members, for example, I've seen them multiple times, like during events and meetings and things like that. Um, yeah. and, and so, you know, and, and level six is like, you know, your closest family and friends. Right. Yep. And so five and six is more, much more, uh, levels five and six are much more of a continuum in the sense that, you know, especially with how social LinkedIn is nowadays, like it's much more of a social, especially once uh, it was acquired by Microsoft, like it has got, it's a lot more social and it's like yep. a lot more like Facebook, you know, in a lot of aspects that you have. I mean, you borrowed, you know, you know, it, it finally uh, ha- has, you know, video, live video reactions. Yeah. Like, Playing, taking all these pages out of uh, Facebook playbook, right? And I, I and I swear, if they start having LinkedIn stories, <laughs> uh-huh. oh my gosh! Like, like everyone, like, you know, WhatsApp has, even has stories now, right? Yeah, and yeah, like, WhatsApp, yeah. You know, then and like what, the day when LinkedIn and Twitter has stories is the day I will laugh because it's you know everyone's because <laughs> even YouTube has stories nowadays. Yeah. I just noticed yeah. also recently, right? And so, but you know, in any case, um, yeah. Anyways, the line is blurred, right? Because you know, because it's so social, um, mm. your professional connections can also become your good friends as good well. Friends. Yeah, yeah, right. So those are the six levels. I, you know, you can um, find, you know, the, you know, articles that we referenced in, you know, the, uh, you know, for Medium, my Medium uh, handle is Godwin Chan 37. So you can, you know, take a look if you're interested in it and let me know what, you know, what part of the articles uh, that you like the most and what topics should I explore next? So because yeah. you know, I, I intend to keep writing. That's awesome. That's awesome. But yeah, man, anyways, sorry, we're running out of time. Um, but this was like incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for giving our audience like a lot of value, like a lot of value. So I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. So thank you. Thank you so much. Um, would love if you could also tell our listeners where they could find you. <laughs> yes, of course. Um, and so I'll tell you something funny first. So there are two types of introverts in the world. Yeah. One who is, you, you can never find on social media. And the other is you can find them everywhere. <laughs> so I'm part of the latter group actually. Okay. Yeah, because that's what I noticed actually, uh, you know, actually, because they're introverts who have amazing public brands that are, you know, you know, they're, they're multiple tech speakers or, you know, um, authors, whatever. Like they have amazing brands online. And then there are other people who, you know, or just like, just text me or, um, you, you know, or, or they'll have a much smaller social circle or more intimate social circle, which is completely fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Right. People are, you know, it is still, you know, it is scary putting yourself out there on social media. It is you know, yeah. for a lot of people because again, it's the, uh, the fear of judgment again, right. A lot, yeah. a lot of the time, right. It's like, Oh, you know, and you see, <laughs> people are like, you know, you see all the horror stories of people getting fired from the jobs because of one bad tweet or whatever. Right. <laughs> right? Um, yes. It, you know, one wrong move can cost your job. That is yeah. absolutely true. Right. But you know, at the end of the day, if you have something to say and, and you know, uh, saying it online, or being a loud voice or authority online, even if you're not so much a loud voice in real life, um, can definitely help get your message out there. Yeah. But anyways, I digress. So where you can find me, <laughs> I am. Uh, I just told you where you can find me on Medium, but uh, you can find you know you can find me everywhere. I'm just you know Godwin Chan, but the 
issue is that there is another Godwin Chan, uh, you know, of the exact same name. He is the Ward 6 counselor for Richmond Hill, actually. Wow. Yeah, he's, he's quite nearby. <laughs> and, okay. and so um, <laughs> I'll give you the exact, um, you know, username. So for LinkedIn, it's Godwin Chan 37. Same thing for Twitter. Uh, for Facebook, it's Godwin HS Chan for Instagram, it's G underscore Proofy. Now I have a funny, funny story about that. So back in second year, of yeah. undergrad, I was taking a cell biology course. And so, you know, my, you know, one day we were talking about G proteins, essentially, yeah. right? and these are real things in your cells. Um, I won't go into the specifics. You, you can look it up if you're interested. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, he started calling me by that, you know, Hey, G protein, whatever. Right. And so the nickname stuck in wow. for my Instagram handle. So fun fact, and it's a, it's a, it's a callback to my science background. So that's amazing. That's amazing. Love it. Love it. But yeah, thank you so much again for dropping all that, all that value. Again, a big thank you from the bottom of my heart for the entire Progressaholic team. But yeah. Thanks a lot, Godwin, man. Really appreciate it. No worries. Thanks for having me on. If you liked any part of that, please, please, please leave us a review. It will mean the world to us. Please let us know your thoughts, how you think we can improve and continue providing more and more value to our community because we are here to serve you and make sure that you have the best time possible and continue progressing within your journey. Thank you very much.